listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode 103, and today I'm going to talk about a few great titles related to the week's new releases and more. So hello! I don't know if you can hear that squeaking behind me, but one of the cats is very upset that I am talking to you and not to him. He is outside the office door making all kinds of noise. It's kind of like having my own little furry R2-D2, um, but... Oh yeah, so books! We're going to talk about books today! Um, Before I do that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, which also has to do with books. Today's episode of All the Backlist is sponsored by Penguin Random House and The Game of Kings by Dorothy Dunnett. In 1547, Francis Crawford of Lyman is disgraced and newly escaped from captivity. Returning to his beloved Scotland, he soon embarks on a fantastic journey that will take him from the decadent French court to the battlegrounds of Crusading Knights in Malta, From the hidden palaces of the Ottoman Empire to the frozen vastness of Ivan the Terrible's Russia, a quest which will require him to risk everything in order to redeem his reputation and protect his homeland. The Game of Kings is the first book in Dorothy Dennett's legendary Lyman Chronicles. Combining all the political intrigue of Game of Thrones with the sweeping romanticism of Outlander, Dorothy Dennett's legendary Lyman Chronicles have enthralled readers for decades and amassed legions of devoted fans. The Guardian says Lyman is arguably the perfect romantic hero. And now they have new editions. They're beautifully repackaged editions with reset text and oversized formats for easy reading. They came out in May. They're all brightly colored. They look great. The li- it's called The Literary Equivalent of the Velvet Underground. This is what novelist Alea Don Johnson memorably compared the Lyman Chronicles to in a piece for NPR. And authors who cite Dunnett as one of their major influences include Diana Gabaldon, Leigh Bardugo, Kim Stanley Robinson, Ellen Kushner, Guy Gabrielle Kay, Joanna Bourne, Cassandra Clare, and Max Gladstone. So those editions are available wherever books are sold now, and we thank Penguin Random House for sponsoring. I think I need to get these. They're kind of... I have a soft spot for giant books, and they're all huge, and they sound amazing. So, speaking of amazing books, um, it's been a very stressful week, and I feel like the world is ending. Uh, So I decided to talk about dystopia slash post-apocalyptic books today. I have a few favorites... Um, you know, of course, there's, like, the standards, like The Stand, Station Eleven, Handmaid's Tale. My favorite sci-fi book of all time is probably A Canticle for Leibowitz by Walter J. Miller, which I know I've discussed before, but if I haven't, um, I'll probably do it again. And so I'm going to talk about a couple. This one came out just a few months ago, several months ago, but it, it did come out in paperback, so it kind of counts as backlist, as far as I'm concerned. Plus, it's amazing, and I want everyone to read it. It is Moon of the Crusted Snow. It is Moon of the Crusted Snow by Wabjishig Rice. And it is about a small Anishinaabe community in northern Canada. They're kind of set far away from everyone else. Um, you know, like they have like the usual stuff. They get deliveries, they have electricity and all the stuff, but they're set far away from the rest of civilization. And they're getting ready for winter. It's always like a really hard, cold winter. And the electricity goes out. And so they're like, well, you know, it'll come back on. But, like, the day goes by and it doesn't return. And then another day goes by and another day goes by. And so the council, you know, has to figure out what they're going to do because they don't know what is happening. And they're kind of cut off from everybody else. And now they have the winter coming up. And are their supplies going to last? The things that are, you know, that require electricity, are they going to be able to to save them, and, and what are they going to do, like, about people who get ill and be need, needing to be able to see at night, and, like, all these things that they had never, you know, thought of before. And then all these stories start to trickle in from the outside world of what's going on out there, 
Plus, inside their community, people are getting kind of cranky and anxious, and nobody wants to give up their stuff to help other people, and nobody wants to cut back, you know, on their rations, and it's just, it's going to not go well. Um, it's so fantastic. It's so fantastic. So it's called The Moon of the Crested Snow. It's by Wabjishig Rice. My next pick is The Children of Men by P.D. James. I love this book. I wish she had written more science fiction. Um, I do love her mysteries, but I love this book especially. Uh, And you've probably seen the movie, but if not, it's about a man named Theo. It is set in a future England where children are no longer being born. Because of a virus, there are no longer pregnancies, and now where the book, when the book takes place, the children, the last children to be born, are now all adults. Uh, so, like, civilization is kind of crumbling, and Theo is a historian, he's a professor, and he kind of is just fed up with everything and doesn't really care. And he's approached by a woman who says that she needs to meet with his cousin, who happens to be the warden of England, because she has something she wants to share with him. She knows how to save the future of humanity. And so he decides to help her with that. You know, then there are people who are working against the future and people who are working, you know, just to make it profitable for themselves and everybody's going to clash and it's just, it's fantastic. So that is The Children of Men by P.D. James. And on the opposite end of that kind of story, there is The Country of Ice Cream Star by Sandra Newman in which there is a plague that makes it so that people don't grow past the age of 18 which is like the opposite of Children of Men. Now now it's like a land of children, and it's narrated by a 15-year-old ice cream star, that is her name, um, and they're just running around. Basically, there's no rules, there's no adults, there's nothing, and she um, is worried about her brother because her brother is getting to be the age where, you know, he's going to be 18 and then he's going to die. So she decides to head off and find a cure for whatever it is that is causing this. And, of course, Dangerous Land, Young Girl. It's so great. I love this book. Speaking of big books, I mentioned big books when we were talking about the ad. This book is enormous. It's fantastic. She does have her own special way of speaking, so you have to really pay attention. But I also enjoyed that. Like, I just loved the way she talked. So that is The Country of Ice Cream Star, and it's by Sandra Newman. Uh, my next pick came out last year, I think. It's The Book of M by Pung Shepherd, uh, in which there's this sort of plague that starts off by stealing people's shadows. Like, it starts in India. They notice that a man doesn't have his shadow. And after you lose your shadow, you eventually lose your memory. Like, you don't remember who you are or what's going on. Uh, and so this is like a virus, though. It's sweeping across the globe. And there is a couple now, like, they've... This has been going on for a while. The world is in chaos, you know, looting, and it's it's like end of times. And there's a couple, Ori and Max, that have sort of holed themselves up, uh, like hidden from everybody. Like no one knows that they're hiding out, you know, on their own. They've decided to try and make a go of it uh, together instead of, you know, fighting or running around outside. And they, it's been going really well, but uh, Max suddenly has started to lose her memories. And so... One day when Ori is out looking for supplies, which are, you know, really hard to find now because he's picked over this area several times, uh, he comes back and he finds that she is gone. And so he decides to follow her trail and find her because, you know, he's, it's, she is his whole life and he doesn't really have anything else going on. Um, So it's kind of like a love story, you know, he's like very dedicated to Max and it's very sweet, but also, you know, he's going to walk across this very dangerous, scary country. 
So that is uh, The Book of M by Pung Shepherd. And another one from a couple years ago that I absolutely love is American War by Omar el and it is about the second civil war in America. Uh, it's over oil, not very surprising, and it's narrated, there's a young girl, she's the main character, her name is Surat, and when she's like six years old, uh, it's 2074, they're living in Louisiana, like what part of Louisiana uh, isn't underwater at this point, and there's uh, fighting, and her father dies, and so when her father dies, she and her mother, their family tries to find a place to live, and so they end up in a camp for displaced persons, and they spend a lot of time there, and she kind of grows up there. And there is an organization within the camp that sort of preys on the vulnerable and angry and fed up and turns them into human weapons. Um, it's an amazing story about civil war and terrorism, and there's a plot involving a plague. Uh, I, just, I absolutely loved this. So that's American War by Omar el and then, if you like more on the horror, creepy, crawly side, there is The Salt Line by Holly Goddard-Jones, uh, in which the population of the United States lives in a much smaller part of the country because these deadly, disease-carrying ticks, like super, super scary ticks, have kind of taken over the country. And so the population has moved into this section, and there's like a big scorched ring around it, and salt, that's why it's called the salt line. People live behind this line now, and that you know they can't go out because of the ticks. Like they're like take you down in a second kind of things. Except there is this tour group for adventure junkies, because of course there is, that will take you out past the salt line so that you can go and look at what the country used to look like before this all happened, because people don't remember anymore. Uh, but there is the, the main story is about this one tour group that goes out past the salt line and they're they're sort of hijacked by this rogue terrorist organization that has all these plans for, you know, what's going on. And so now they're, like, fighting to get free and go back on the other side of the salt line. So, and plus, ew, icky jick, um, I, just, I really like this one. I don't feel like I have heard anybody mention it, but I loved this one. So those are my my sort of dystopian apocalyptic picks for today. Um... I could name like 50,000 more, but I'm not going to today. I just absolutely love them. And so for Dealer's Choice today, I'm going to talk about a book that does not come out until January. Sorry in advance, but, you know, just think of me as a human book trailer. I think this might possibly be the best book of 2020, and it's only July of 2019, and I've already read it. It's called Such a Fun Age. It's by Kylie Reed, and it is so good. Just chef's kiss, like perfect. It's about a young woman named Amira. She's a young black woman and she is a babysitter for a white couple, Alex and Peter. And she watches their young daughter, Briar, who's almost three. And occasionally their child, their, their child, they, Briar is also a child. Occasionally their baby, but mostly just Briar. And she gets a phone call one night. She's at a birthday party uh, for her friends and it's close to the middle of the night. And she gets a call from Alex who says that there has been an incident at their home and the police are coming, and she could Amira come and take Briar out of the house so that she won't be alarmed by everything going on? And so Amira says yes, and she takes Briar down the street to this high-end grocery store uh, that's open because Briar likes to count the different things in the grocery store. So she takes her in there to get her away, but what ends up happening is that a customer in the store 
thinks it's unusual to see a young black woman with a white child in the middle of the night, and she's wearing, like, her party dress because she was at a birthday party. And so she tells the security guard that she thinks, you know, something is going on. And so the security guard, uh, she, he approaches Amira and accuses her of stealing Briar, basically. And so they have a confrontation. Someone gets it all on phone, like, on they tape it on their phone, and eventually it gets settled out. She calls, you know, Peter, and he comes down, and he says, you know, like, this is our babysitter. And But, you know, it's it's hard. And so Alex is the... Now, she's the mom. She's very upset about what happened. Alex is very well off. She and her husband have just moved to Philadelphia. Alex is a blogger. Um, she's made all her money through, like, Instagram and social media. She um, is a brand specialist. Her husband is a newscaster. And, you know, she's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to sue the grocery store? You know, do you want to air this tape on the internet? And Amira doesn't want anything to do with that. She's like, no, no, I don't want any of that. Um, You know, I just want to be left alone and it's going to be fine. But Alex becomes a little obsessed with making Amira happy and helping her and making amends for what happens because she feels guilty because she called her up and asked her to go to that grocery store. And it just becomes like this obsession for Alex. And meanwhile, like, Amira is 25, and she's about to lose her health insurance because when you turn 26, you can no longer be on your parents' health insurance. Uh, and she's, she knows she needs to find a new job because she only works for Alex and Peter three days a week. But she loves Briar. She absolutely loves this child to distraction um, and doesn't think that Alex pays enough attention to her. And so she doesn't know what she's going to do because she absolutely loves her. And then this video that is made of the confrontation in the grocery store brings someone from Alex's past into both their lives. And that's when things go very wrong. This book is absolutely perfect. I could talk about it for hours. I think I've already been talking about it for an hour. I don't know. Um, You know, Alex, everyone is, like, so realistic. Alex, you know, she thinks that she's helping. She doesn't think that she's racist, you know, because she has a black friend. Uh, And everything that happens in this book is so plausible. The dialogue is amazing. The ending, I was practically standing up and cheering. And Briar is the cutest child character I think I've ever read in a book. I I was like, I love her. I don't want her to go away by the time I got to the end of the book. This would be a perfect book club pick. You know, there's a lot to sit and think about, about race and prejudice and the way we treat people. I love this book so much. So it's called Such a Fun Age. It's by Kylie Reed. It's out in January, but don't worry, it'll be here before you know it. And that is it for me this week, book lovers. I got really excited there. I get excited every week. So excited about books. Thank you to our sponsor, Penguin Random House and The Game of Kings by Dorothy Dennett. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And if you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or see pictures of my books or my cats who are still squeaking outside the door, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Liberty, on Litzy under Liberty, and on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday with Maria Christina Garcia Lynch to tell you about the week's great new releases. So have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading. <laughs>